Welcome to Alpine Church today. If you don't know me already, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Alpine Church in Brigham City. And it's just wonderful to see what God is doing in so many people's lives, uh, especially Renee. I've known him for quite a while now and worked with him. And I actually asked him, since he's now on full time, to come up and preach here every once in a while. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, but I don't know if you guys can handle it because it's pretty powerful. I come with that power. And I said, that's what we need up here. We need that power and that passion. So we, we might be able to see him soon. Yes. So today uh, we are starting a new series called Breakthrough Disciplines. And let me just, let me just say this. Uh, I know that all of you whether secretly or openly, have some kind of a goal that you started, because it's just human nature. At the first of the year, everybody wants to start a new fad, a new diet, a new something, right? I don't know why it is that way, but I think, like, for some people, it's even weekly, right? Like, oh, this week was terrible. I'll start over on Monday, right? How many people say that all the time, right? And so that's when the new year comes around. People are thinking, uh, what am I going to do to change the habits that I'm sick of having or some, start something new to uh, work on a part of my life, right? So for me, every year, faithfully, I do a diet at the first of the year. I just think that that is just part of my religion, is dieting on New Year's, New Year's Day. You know, it helps me. It motivates me. It challenges me. And uh, so... Uh, I weighed myself uh, on New Year's, the day before New Year's Eve, I was like 191 pounds, and, uh, and then I uh, ate clean for the last two days, weighed myself this morning and yesterday, and I was 187.6. I'd lost four pounds in about two days, and my wife was like not excited about it like I was when I told her. I'm like, did you know that I've lost four pounds in the last two days? I've always had this weird uh, thing about my body. I can lose weight and gain weight fast, either or. I can't, I, I'm not one of you blessed, gifted people out there. If you're out there, that just stay lean all year round. Um, and, and I also think it's a myth, those people that are skinny and lean, you know, I, I think it's a myth that they can actually eat whatever they want. Like, you don't eat as much as me, you know. Like, you probably eat like a bird most of the day, and then you have one one big meal. Hey, I, no offense, by the way, if you're skinny, you know, we love you, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's all. Was the, I've always wanted to uh, have a healthy body, though, and be in shape. I uh, used to be heavily into bodybuilding and doing shows and competitions, and so every year it's bulk diet and then the cutting diet, right? And so I use January to do that. Um, but maybe, maybe that's not what you're doing this year. Maybe, it, maybe it's something else. Maybe uh, you want to start reading more books, right? Or you want to start watching less Netflix, right? Maybe, maybe you want to uh, start a new hobby or uh, do that thing that you always wanted to do but never had time. Maybe it's that time to get started. Well, let me just tell you that dieting and all that type of stuff doesn't come from just some miraculous event of just deciding to do it and then your life changes forever, right? That's not how it happens. As much as the world has tried to pre-program us with the newest medication out there and the newest religion and the newest beliefs about science or whatever it is, as much as the world tries to sell us things and throw things at us that say they're going to change our lives forever, I don't know about you, but 
recently, towards the end of Christmas, you know, our, our phones and internet has gotten a lot smarter at tracking what we look up, right? So I don't know about you, but on every time I'm on my phone now, like I keep getting these ads for those, uh, those, those handheld vibrating massagers because I looked it up one time. <laughs> I looked it up one time and me and my wife talked about it. I was like, you know, everybody's using these massagers nowadays and my back hurts. I need this. And so, I, and I think that that's going to solve all my problems. But really, um, the world is good at trying to trick us into getting that next new thing that's going to change our lives. But the reality is, it's the only thing that will change our lives outside of the power and grace of Jesus Christ in us is discipline. And we don't like that word discipline, right? Uh, the word discipline in the Greek language, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the, the word was uh, gymnasia, which we get our word. What do you think what word we get from that is? Somebody shout it out. Gymnasium, right? So uh, the, the Greek word for discipline is like compared to going to the gym or exercising, and that's actually what the word means is to train or to exercise oneself. Uh, the, the definition I got from Google is train oneself and do something in a controlled and habitual way. So it takes discipline to start things that are going to change our lives. It takes discipline to get the breakthrough that we want, right? But I'm not talking about today just physical disciplines to make our lives better and quick fixes. I'm not talking about all the things that we, we strive after and fail uh, physically. We're here in church today, so I want to talk about spiritual disciplines. And it's the same thing, but we're adding the word spiritual to it because uh, just like uh, goals and tasks and challenges that we, that we do in our lives, it also takes the same training and exercise and preparation to do spiritual things as well, to grow closer to Jesus. And that's kind of the definition of a spiritual discipline. It's a purposeful habit that helps us grow closer to Jesus. And now we're doing this series for five weeks, and I want you to think about um, this as the definition uh, of spiritual disciplines. I'm not doing this to get something from God. I'm doing this to grow closer to God. That is why we want to get better at spiritual disciplines and have a disciplined Christian life because as we discipline ourselves to uh, follow Jesus and get closer to him, it will change our lives. Jesus talks about this in John 15, 5. He talks about, you need to be remaining in me and abiding in me. It says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I and them will produce much fruit. Apart from them, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, right? And so he uses this illustration of like a plant, of a grapevine or a fruit tree. We are the branches connected to the life-giving source, which is the root and the trunks, okay? And that the job of the root and the trunk of the tree is to disperse the minerals, the vitamins, and the, the life to the branches, and through the branches will come the fruit. Now, what happens if you cut off a branch from its life-giving source? It dies. It can't bear any fruit, right? 
So Jesus is saying, you must remain in me, abide in me, pursue me with everything. And that's what I think the spiritual disciplines are all about. We're training ourselves to grow closer to Jesus and to be more like Jesus. And the fruit that happens when we grow closer to Jesus is talked about in Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think above all the things that we think we need in this life, we need these. We need this to come out of us, right? Don't we need more peace and joy, right? We need, we need kindness. We need to be good to one another. This would solve all of our relationship problems. This would solve our personal issues, the things that we need breakthrough in, whether it's anger or uh, addiction or anxiety or bitterness or brokenness. All of these things can be healed and changed. We can have breakthrough in our lives through the fruits of disciplining ourselves to grow closer to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that we have to work our way to have a relationship with God. No, we already have that when a person trusts and believes that Jesus forgave them of their sins by dying on the cross. And he rose on the third day and he defeated sin and death. And so when a person has that, they have now uh, forgiveness and right relationship with God. And now they have the power to choose. Before we couldn't choose to do the things of God, now we can, right? Now we can choose to follow him or we can be pulled away by the world and disciplines, training ourselves, exercising spiritually helps us build that spiritual muscle so that we can grow closer to God and this can start working out of our lives now. The fruit can start working out of us. Okay, so let's talk about what some spiritual disciplines are. I have a partial list of spiritual disciplines and habits. This is not all of them by any means, but I want to walk through. We're going to talk about some of them in this series, not all of them. But the two big ones that everybody knows are Bible study and prayer, right? It's obvious that if I want to know God more and I want to talk to him, he talks to me through his word and I talk to him through prayer. That's how that relationship works. And so his word is in the Bible and as we study the Bible, uh, and we set aside time for prayer, we grow closer to Jesus. That's, that, I think pretty much even an unbeliever would understand that that's how you would have relationship with God as those two, right? Uh, but I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, your daily, daily verse or throwing up a prayer in desperation because you were scared during this blizzard storm that you were barely going to make it here, right? I'm not talking about those prayers. I'm talking about set aside time of praying, right? Like, again, let me just say this. In a relationship, if the only time your spouse ever talked to you was in and through uh, their daily tasks, right? They never actually set aside time for you, but they like ran to and fro and on the way or when things popped up in life, they were like, oh, I love you. Can you please help me do this or please help me do that? That's probably what it sounds like to God most of the time in our lives, right? We're, we're constantly throwing up those desperation prayers and, and sometimes open up the Bible. It's so hard for us, right? That the Bible's on, sitting on the counter on our bookshelf and the TV is so much bigger, right? And Netflix and YouTube are so much easier to watch than to open that book. 
And we wonder why we don't have breakthrough in our lives, you know? And those things that we're struggling with in, in addiction. I, I, my personal story um, about this is that I grew up in Christianity and I had uh, a relationship with God at a young age, you know, and I went to kids' church and all that stuff. But when I, when I became a teenager, you know, I was pulled away by my own temptations and desires of the world and partying and, you know, fitting in and all, all that other stuff, you know, masking my emotions and, and wanting to be popular. All that stuff kind of drew me away from my relationship with God, and I got into drugs and alcohol, and I probably from the age of 13 all the way to 26 was in addiction. And multiple times throughout that whole part of my life, I asked, Lord, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you changing me? Lord, if you'll just save me this time. Lord, if you will uh, not let these cops who just pulled me over take me to jail this time, I will start following you heavier and deeper and more. And it never really actually happened until God disciplined me. Uh, again, he was training me and disciplined me to the point where I would get to the point where I would start to discipline myself. And I got to this point where, okay, if I say I believe in God and I want breakthrough and he has the power to change me, I need to find out who he is, what he's done for me, how much he loves me. I just need to find out who this God is. And again, it happened through prayer and Bible study, I picked up the Bible, started reading it, and I made a habit of doing it. And I could come up with all the excuses of why I can't, don't have time to read the Bible and pray, like, you know, working 60 hours a week. There was a point where I was pastoring this church, and I was working uh, full-time at a job, and, and I knew that the only way I was going to be able to do my job was if I got up an extra hour early in the morning and read and prayed, Right? I knew that I had to discipline myself or I would be no good to anyone. I needed to be close to God in order to help other people. And I needed to be close to God, first of all, for him to bring breakthrough in the areas of my life that I couldn't seem to do on my own. And it started with the training, the exercise, and the discipline. You see, God is like a beautiful, the beautiful ocean, right? I love the ocean. Uh, we're going to go see the ocean very soon, I hope. <laughs> and, and during the winter, I hope, that'll be, I hope we can do that, right? By God's grace and, and if it's his will, I plan to go there. <laughs> okay, but God is the ocean and, and disciplines are like the highway to get there, okay? Disciplines aren't the end in and of itself of this is what I do to get closer to God or to make God love me and to experience his beauty. No, it's just the highway to get to God faster, right? And more efficiently. Somebody once said, uh, it's better to limp along the path than to run outside of it. And so sometimes we're limping along, trying to pray and read and perform these di spiritual disciplines. And sometimes it's, it's a struggle in our mind and in our, you know, we got to set boundaries in our lives, but it is better to limp along the path than to run outside of the path. You could have a Lamborghini, and if you drive all the back roads to the ocean, it's going to take a really long time, right? But if you hop in that Prius and, 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 you, <laughs> and you go down the freeway, eventually you're going to get, you're going to, get to the, the highway faster. Spiritual disciplines are the highway to God. And 
when we understand that, we know what to do when we leave here today, right? We know what we should do if we want to have breakthrough in our lives. We've got to be closer to Jesus. Let me walk through some of these a little bit more. I'm going to go pretty fast. Connection, that's gathering. Um, Gathering on Sundays and your small groups. And God said it's important to gather with other Christians, right? There's never a time where he says, uh, take a break from that for a season of life. But no, you should continuously make this a habit and a discipline. Not when you feel like it, right? So many of us just trust our own feelings. Like, oh, I woke up today and I'm like, I don't really feel like talking to so-and-so. I don't really feel like going to church. And if I don't really feel like it, that must be true, right? It must be from God. If he didn't give me feelings of wanting to do it, then I must not, shouldn't do it, right? But really, it's a discipline. It's not going to come natural. I remember when my, my dad told me, you know, uh, when I was first lear- learning how to drive a stick shift at 15, that was my uh, first vehicle that he bought me. It was a stick shift truck. And he says, you got to keep doing it until it becomes second nature. Have you ever, has anybody ever told you that before? You keep doing something until it becomes second nature. So now my family, we used to, I used to drag my kids out of, out of bed to go to church in the morning. It'd be, I'm flipping lights on, banging pots and pans, you know, it's time to go. And now after years and years and years of me disciplining them and, and our family disciplining ourselves, this is just what we do now. This is second nature. Uh, I will feel weird if I don't go. Like, that's why I didn't take any vacation last year because I feel weird when I'm not at church. I have to discipline myself now to take rest. And that's part of the spiritual discipline too of, of solitude and silence and slowing. All of that is, is getting alone and slowing life down. And um, part of slowing also would be to, to purposely go in the slow lane to get where you want to go right? Purposely take the long road home because you don't have to be in a rush to do everything in life. Being busy all the time just tears apart our spirit, right? It tears apart our relationships. It ruins us mentally and emotionally, and we've got to have that, those times of slowing, right? There's a lot of different disciplines on here. Uh, abstinence, that's not a fun one for married couples. <laughs> uh, and the Bible says, it says, do this, but only for a period of time, come back together so that you're not tempted, right? So uh, abstinence is a, a spiritual discipline. Uh, celebration is something that we're going to do today as we celebrate the death of Jesus. We're going to remember what he did, right? There's all these feasts and, and holidays and things that we do to celebrate, and those are spiritual disciplines. Like we just celebrated Christmas Eve. All these things are spiritual disciplines and habits that are going to help us grow closer to Jesus, and the hope is as we grow closer to him, the fruits of the Spirit will come out of us in such a way that it will give us breakthrough and change our lives. But I want to say this. Spiritual disciplines aren't about earning God's favor. The intention, is not, the, the intention is not to get something from God, but to experience the fullness of life that comes from God or that comes from 
Jesus, okay? So some of you may have come from a background or a religion where you see some of those things up there, fasting and all that type of stuff, where it's like a burden on you. Like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not doing the things that they want me to do, and I haven't meet their, met their list or their quota. And so uh, that seems like a burden. And, and these spiritual distance aren't supposed to be a burden. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's going to help us in all of this. And I want you to understand that when Jesus said this thing about the yoke, what he was talking about was yoking ourselves to him, being um, connected to him. And so that talks about salvation, is trusting Jesus first for the forgiveness of your sins, as I talked about earlier, right? We're not working to earn his favor. We're not er work working our way to heaven. We already have a spot secured in heaven. But if you want victory and breakthrough here and now, then you will get as close as you possibly can to Jesus for the break, breakthrough in your life. And that comes through spiritual disciplines. Paul, the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, he, before he got saved, before he knew who Jesus really was, he was a religious man, probably one of the most religious men we know in the Bible. He was a Pharisee. He kept all the rules and did all the disciplines, and he obeyed all the laws as much as a human being possibly could. He even boasted about it. But he realized the moment that he met Christ, that was all not of any value. He says this, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. And so the way, what we're saying is this, spiritual disciplines are not the things in which you gain favor with God and become right with God, but rather they are the highway to which you know God and you know him in a deeper and more understanding way. And as you do that in your life, again, as I said, your life will be more abundant. Jesus says this in John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now he's talking about eternal life. One day the, the world, the flesh, and the devil will not have any power on us anymore to tempt us to come in and kill our relationships and destroy our minds and to tempt us to sin. That's what Satan does. That's his purpose. Jesus' purpose is to let us know that we have victory. We can overcome the sin in this life. And we have an eternal life waiting for us. And that abundant life starts by being close to him, right? You can't have life as we go back to the branch and vine analogy. Abundance of fruit and abundance of life come from being connected to the life-giving source. So the question is, do you want breakthrough in your life so much so that you're willing to train and exercise yourself to grow closer to God and to know him in a deeper way. Again, this isn't one of those things that I start doing on January 1st and by January 31st comes, if it, I felt, if it hasn't worked to my expectations, then I quit doing it. It's not the next new fad. No, this is a lifestyle habit and change. 
The secret to breakthrough is a lifestyle of preparation, not a momentary effort. Spiritual disciplines help us retrain our automatic responses to everyday life. Think about the Olympics. Do you think those guys just, those, those men and women, they just hopped on a plane and showed up at the Olympic Games and they just said, you know what, let's do this. I'm good, I'm really good. And they, they just, they won their gold medal that way, right? Like because of their, their, their giftedness. No, these people train for months and even years, decades to get to the point where they are ready to compete in the Olympic Games. I, I was reading or in a book uh, on spiritual disciplines, Dallas Willard says that something similar. He says, the star performer himself didn't achieve his excellence by trying to behave in a certain way only during the game. Instead, he chose an overall life of preparation of mind and body to provide a foundation for his conscious efforts during the game. A life of preparation is what leads to a person being able to compete in this game of life and do it well. If we want to have this abundance of life, we must train ourselves. Again, back to what Paul, now he writes a letter to a young pastor in Ephesus named Timothy, and he says, don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Don't listen to the world out there with those, those get-rich-quick schemes and the, 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 the healing now and the, the snake oils and the, the next vitamin and the next supplement that's going to change your life or the next drug that's going to change your life. And, and in context, he's talking about don't listen to the religious ideas of the world the, the way the world thinks you should get closer to God. Don't listen to those things. Don't listen to these wives' tales. You can find the truth in his word, and here's what he says. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Training for godliness. That word godliness means to become more like God, being more like Jesus, and that is God's will for our very own lives. He didn't just come to save us so that we would have an inheritance waiting for us. He came to save us so that we could come and be conformed to his image, the image of his son. The Bible says he wants to now come and change us from the inside out and cause us to be more like Christ. Did you know that the word Christian, uh, the, the original meaning of Christian is little Christ. As Christians, if you claim to be a Christian, people should see Jesus in you out there in the world. And what was Jesus like? He was disciplined. He lived his life in such a way that we would want to follow him as an example of what life should be. If we trust that Jesus is who he says he is, and he is God in the flesh who made us and created us, he came down, took on a human body, and lived for 33 years, we should look to his life and say, that's probably how he wants me to live. As a matter of fact, I wanted to read a portion of this other book on spiritual disciplines I was reading in preparation. It says, my central claim is that we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of the life he chose for himself. 
If we have faith in Christ, we must believe that he knew how to live. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities he engaged in, by arranging our whole lives around the activities he himself practiced in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of his Father. And I'm sorry, folks, if you grew up in church or if along the way of your faith in Christianity that nobody ever taught you that there is a Christ-like way to live your life. It's not just about being forgiven and getting saved. That is the core of what we believe. But now God's will for you, if you have been saved, is to become more like him. Put to death the things that are in the old nature of yourself. Here's what Paul says to the Colossians. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you and put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. God's will for us is to become like him in this life. How many more people would we reach if we were all little Christs walking around in the world? How would our relationships be? How would our own sin life and and struggles and temptation, how would we get through those things? How do you receive breakthrough? It's becoming more like Jesus. That is the solution to all of life, okay? So we call this an ancient secret, but it's not anything that you do one time and your life's going to change This is a preparation, a lifestyle, a habitual way of living. With the power of Christ working in us, now that we can actually do it, it goes on. My last verse I want to share with you is this. Romans 8.29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. This is the will of God for those whom God has called out in this world. And if you're here at church today, maybe you are one of those ones that's been called by God. Maybe he knew you from eternity past, and he chose you. That's what the Bible says. He says he predestined you. You, He, before you were ever created, chose you that you would be conformed to his son. If you ever wanted to know what God's will for your life is, this is it. So ask yourself, how are you going to get there? First of all, you do need Jesus to come into your life to save you and to change you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to work inside of you. And then you have a choice now. Are you going to discipline and train yourself? Or are you going to allow the world to continue to steal your joy and your peace? Would you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you didn't just leave us alone here in this world and you, you, uh, you don't sit back and judge us for all the things that we've messed up and that we've made mistakes with, but you, Lord, had such compassion and love on us that you came down to us to settle the ultimate need that we had, which is the right relationship with you. And that's a free gift, and we thank you for that, by trusting in Jesus. But you also lived a life as an example of how to grow closer to the Father, as Jesus did. Lord, let us, at this time, for those of us who are believers, leave the elementary 
doctrines and press on to further things, growing up and maturing, not needing spiritual milk anymore, but uh, living off meat now and learning how to feed ourselves with that and to train ourselves in life and godliness. But along the way, God, we know that your, 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 your death on the cross secured our salvation and we, uh, we know that we have the freedom to mess up. We know that we have the freedom to uh, make mistakes because of that death that you died on the cross. But with that freedom and the power you gave us through the Holy Spirit, allow us now at the start of a new year, learn to go out into the world and even in our personal lives, have victory and overcome just as you did. God, if there are people here today that have not trusted in Jesus, that don't believe that you, Jesus, are God in the flesh who came to save sinners, I pray that they would be given an understanding right now, that they would want a new life, not of their own, but the life that is with you, eternal life. I pray that that would happen. In Jesus' name, amen.